Mother's Day is almost here, and you can get her the most beautiful time-tested gift around. A watch she can wear every day for movement. Whether mom's into classic dress watches, rare and refined ceramics, or tried-and-true bestsellers, movement has something she'll love. And right now, you can save big on the best Mother's Day gift ever with up to 50% off site-wide during Movement's Mother's Day sale at MVMT.com. Again, that's up to 50% off at MVMT.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Metal cough. Hey, hey! Welcome, everybody. A Thursday afternoon, Thursday evening-ish, depending on your time zone, uh, which is what a lot of coaches say on signing day, John. We got we got a few other time zones we're waiting on because I can't talk about players, so uh, we're not waiting on any time zones. But if you're listening to the podcast on your own time, isn't isn't podcasting amazing? You just whenever you want to listen. If you're here live, it's great to have you. But you could be watching this after the fact. You know, I don't know. You control time. You're the consumer, not me. Pretty incredible. For those of our uh, listeners and watchers that are our age, you know, if you wanted to watch a show back in the day, the 90s and the the 2000s, you had to actually be there when it was live, whether it was a television show or whether it was a radio show. Because if you missed it, you missed it, guy. There was no uh, going to Apple iTunes in 1999. Facts. It's very true. By the way, John, let's uh, update people in our description on the YouTube, the podcast, or you can just type it in with your little thumbs. NoKidHungry.org slash am. This is an awesome charity. Take a look at the updated number. We're trying to raise $25,000. And right now we have $21,630. Thank you so far to everybody that's donated. That's awesome. We still need more, though, but this is great. Yep, nokidhungry.org slash ham. We are not far away from the goal, guy. We're uh, goal-oriented people. We shot for the stars, uh, and we're we're coming close. I I, I feel it in my bones. Go donate, all tax-deductible. We need you people to help us out. We are obviously already in for 10 grand. Our friends at at Tito's were in for five. Our friends at Puesto and Enzo in for another four combined. Uh, we've had a couple. Someone donated out of their, you know, just a listener, five hundred dollars. Mm. Greatly appreciate that. Uh, I, I, it's pretty cool what we've already uh, seen people donate for us. So it's it's been awesome. Not, I mean, not for yeah. us, but for No Kid Hungry. Yeah, no, it, it is awesome. National uh, campaign. A lot of you may know about it. This specific fundraiser benefits the No Kid Hungry program in the state of California, where they've uh, uh, granted. Over $12.5 million since March of 2020. So that's school and community grants. Uh, they've served over 200 million meals to children and families in need in the state. Uh, nationwide, it's obviously massive. $1 can provide up to 10 meals. So anything you can give, we appreciate you giving. They appreciate you giving. And, um, you know, trying to do, try, just trying to find something good to do. And I mean, this is an awesome cause. So we appreciate anybody that, uh, that jumps in on it. Mm-hmm. Also, don't forget, Shave it or save it. We need your submissions. Um, I got. I, I was keeping track. I'd go back and, you know, check how many shaves and how many saves we got. Uh, 
But uh, we need your submission. So send us a photo, preferably like three photos, front, top, back, that kind of thing. And, uh, you know, we're here to help. Maybe for the holidays, send us send us a vi- send us some photos of a loved one, and then you can present it to them for Christmas. I don't know. but <laughs> you, We need to keep a ledger, right? Who we said to yeah. shave, who we said to save it. Yeah. Yeah. You told Lincoln man. Riley when you were talking to him yesterday that it might be time to come home? Or? No, I, I didn't say a word. No, <laughs> Could you tell good. the angle? You know, he just, he's he's taller, but it's he's been thinning. It's not even recent. I mean, this is he's been holding on for about three, four years. I will be stunned. He's 38. I don't see how there's any way by 45. He's just, he's, he's either going to hold on for a long time. Like, it's coming, you know? Yeah, yeah. The LA goes plugs. In. Uh, could, did you see? That. Did you see the photo of LeBron that was going around uh, Twitter on on Wednesday night? It was no it was, he, bad angle. He was he was shaking the hand of an actress, Chloe uh, something, and Kardashian. It, no, and the photo was from the back of his head, and then somebody side by side. You know how when you pull a Reese's off of the peel, it does some of the yeah. chocolate <laughs> sticks. Yeah. Somebody took a photo, a photo side by side of the bottom of the Reese's where some of the chocolate has been pulled off of it. It was um. Cold blooded, John. I, I, I would not do something like that, but somebody did it. Are you not a true fat ass if you've never licked or kind of bit that paper? You know, not a true fat chocolate? ass. Yeah, yeah, not a true fat ass. Would Would you say most of us true fat asses have attacked that paper with the yeah. after Reese's? <laughs> Just, I would say this: if if you are satisfied after Reese's, because I'm never satisfied after Reese's, I always need a little more bite after. There's always not enough. Then you're probably not a true um, fat ass kid at kid at heart. By the way, uh, for those of you watching, and some of you who are listening to this might be able to follow. Uh, so I showed this to you right before we started. Last time we started the podcast laughing about Rich Passaccia in a Niners uniform. Today we started because photos of Kevin James as Sean Payton in the movie Home Team on Netflix have surfaced. Had you wa- did you watch the trailer? No. Is it good? Uh, I, when you see the the him... Do you think it's serious or a funny movie? So I think it's serious until I remember, as we're talking, you remember that awful racing show he was? Remember we talked about this. We defied anybody to make it through five minutes of that racing show that he had where he was like a crew chief on a NASCAR team. Um, it was on, I love Kevin James. It was truly on mid, it was pandemic unwatchable. If you were locked in your home for a year, it was unwatchable. So I see this and, my first impression is it's serious, but are you telling me, are you leading yeah, to believe it's, it's not? I, well, he ends up coaching his son's team, but I think his son, you know, he's never around because he was a coach. So there's like, I oh, think it's like he gets headline. suspended for a year? Yeah, he gets story. booted for a year. It's like, right. and then his son's team is the worst, like, peewee football team in the state of Louisiana. I, I think it's like Ted Lasso meets kind of a serious tearjerker. I, I think it's somewhere. In the, but but it's really the Sean Payton story, right? Like Sean did coach his kid's team. I wonder if it's fabricated a little. Because a huge part of it is like their team's little giants. Like they suck. Uh, There are a couple clips of like his, the kid's team just getting depleted and just destroyed. Football seems. Football seems nothing like Sean Payton. No, he doesn't. Football, but it was probably his idea. So like, yeah, okay, you can play Sean Payton. Football scenes with kids, always fine. Football scenes with adults are really hard to pull off. Extremely hard. Yeah. For a variety of reasons, one of which is the average person's arms in regular shoulder pads look extremely skinny. That's the first thing that throws you. 
That's why you have to get like LL Cool J to be your middle linebacker. Like, yeah. uh, you know, stuff like that. You, you right. cannot. Uh, was it Bill Roman? Oh, it was LT. Remember uh, any given Sunday? Like, you have to either get former Romo, NFL players. Romo was in the uh, the one with Sandler, the remake of the, yeah. the prison movie. You you do need some NFL level players slash your most yoked like Jamie Fox right when he was yoked yeah Omar like some Hollywood just, shoulder pads smaller the Kurt yeah. Warner movie yeah have you seen the previews for the Kurt Warner movie I, I refuse to even press play on that thing I, I'm sorry that looks really bad that looks yeah. like poorly done it does it just look it just looks like is this is this serious like is this a real movie or just like an independent you know movie where your budget was Seven hundred thousand dollars. <laughs> That's what it feels like. The well, Kevin just James thing dark... feels a little more real. Yeah, I would imagine Kevin can secure big, big money, right? Yeah. The Kurt Even Warner if it's just one... like twenty million dollars or something. Kurt who, Warner who, felt low who played Mike March? I remember thinking when they showed like a coaching scene, it's like some of the yeah. <laughs> it was it was bad. Fresno the State. key to a low budget football movie is darkness and like it's always hazy at the game, so you can't see that there's no stand that they didn't have like the money to like you know. There's in a yeah. field somewhere with some bleachers. Do you think... Uh, you remember the movie with Wesley Snipes where he was playing Barry Bonds? He was on the Giants with Robert De Niro. And De yeah, Niro the fan. Kill, the fan, yeah. And De Niro kills... Uh, what's the famous actor in the sauna? Uh, not DiCaprio. Uh, what the... Uh, Benicio Del Toro kills mm-hmm. him in the sauna because Del Toro's like on the squad. And De Niro's... You know, he's like... He's starting to hit home runs and Wesley's not hitting home runs. <laughs> I think it's Underrated, a very well good re- movie. I think it's a very well received, critically acclaimed film. I think, but like you said, all their sports scenes are kind of dark. Yeah, it's it feels key. like it's like hard to see everything. <laughs> uh, d- does Kevin James kick anybody? Is the real question. Does he kick anybody? Josh Lambeau, give Josh Lambeau his moment, John. All right, before we get to it, <laughs> before we get to it, don't forget this show is sponsored by Tito's Handmade Vodka. Tito's. Handmade vodka, John. This is the goods. This is the goods. Number one vodka in America. You know what I like to do? I like going right to the Tito's website. They don't ask us to do this, but I like doing it and just looking at some of your great holiday options like a Tito's toddy, maybe some hot tea, Earl Grey, a Tito's Merry Mule. Cannot go wrong. Uh, just a couple of your great options with Tito's. I love a good ginger beer with my Tito's, John. Or What's in that Tito's know. Winter Spirit? Good. I'm glad you asked. Tito's Winter Spirit. Beautiful looking drink here. Uh, this oh, uh, one egg white, so it's like your your traditional oh. Christmas drink. Uh, three uh, quarter ounce of nutmeg syrup, okay. Uh, a half ounce of white grape juice and a quarter ounce of lemon juice with your Tito's. Put it in a shaker and uh, make that baby pretty. Is is eggnog a thing uh, during Hanukkah or is it just no? Christmas it is thing? not. No, no. I, I would, if I had to guess, you are not an eggnog guy, are you? You know, I don't even think I've ever had it because it does not appear, it's not attractive to me in the slightest. Not terrible if you add a little booze to it. I had, really? I drank a couple last year. I forget the drink, eggnog and something. It might have been Tito's. It might be whiskey, but it's, it's actually kind of flavorful. See, now this, this is my speed right here. Half ounce, uh, uh, one and a half ounce of cranberry juice. We're already off to a good yeah. start. Two tablespoons of lime juice, three ounces of sparkling water, two thyme sprigs, just for a little garnish, right? Nice. That looks like a good Christmas drink. That's a, this sounds that's like nice. a co- good, good cocktail. Yeah. But just the green and the red, good, good Christmas drink. So, yeah. Tito's, John, number one vodka in America. It is the goods. 
Uh, you can always go with a good John Daly if you happen to be in a place that's warm right now, even if you're not, yeah. honestly. Uh, it's the way to go. It's cold here, bro. Shout out to Tito Beverage. That guy knew what he was doing and still does. We tip our caps to you. Distilled and bottled in Austin, Texas. 40% alcohol by volume, namely 80 proof, crafted to be savored responsibly. Podcast I like the also, Diddy. <laughs> the Diddy? Vodka and lemonade? <laughs> Except use real vodka like Tito's and not Diddy's vodka. Yeah. Didn't Diddy have a vodka? I think he still does. Or oh, that's Ciroc? Yeah. No free ads. Tito's doesn't care if we mention it because they know head-to-head. Yeah, crushing them. <laughs> win that battle. It would come on over. Uh, podcast also brought to you by mybookie.ag. Promo code, hand, promo code ham the number one. Where, by the way, you know what starts up Friday? Bowl games, John. Bowl games. We, we got the Bahamas Bowl with Toledo and Middle Tennessee State starting off the day. Then we got the Cure Bowl, Coastal and Northern Illinois. I got to say got, this really quick on the Bahamas Bowl. Yeah. If you're Toledo or Middle Tennessee State, that is an incredible bowl game. As uh, our school consistently goes to the New Mexico Bowl, nothing against Albuquerque went twice. The first time, it's not bad. The Bahamas Bowl, though, I would imagine every non-Power 5 program, if you tell the kids, hey, we're going to the Bahamas Bowl, that's pretty fucking sweet. They get to go down the slide under the Sharks. Would you, sign you, think, me more up people, you think more people have been to... Um, been to the Bahamas or uh, uh, Las Cruces, New Mexico? Uh, Probably the Bahamas, but I guess now that I say it out loud, but still better. Bowl. Uh, have, you, have you ever been to the Bahamas? No, but I've been to Las Cruces many times. <laughs> me, me too. <laughs> uh, their game Saturday as well, including not listed in my bookie, but I'll just mention the old Dion's Jackson State team plays on ABC at 10 a.m. on Saturday morning. I'm going to flip that bad boy on. See how the. Uh, Jackson State fighting uh, Dion's look. They went 11 and 1 this year. Um, but this is where we make our lock of the week as well. We went 11 straight with wins. We lost three straight. We bounced back with a win last week. 500 bucks we had on the Niners to cover one point against the Bengals, which has our pot up to what about 37? I think 36? it's 35, 35, 6, almost 36, Hunter. So. The question is, what are we going to make our lock of the week? MyBookie.ag ham one. When you use that uh, code, they'll match that deposit dollar for dollar up to a thousand bucks. Remember, if you accept the bonus, you have to bet the full amount before you can withdraw funds. You can also decline the bonus. But either way, ham one. Let them know we sent you. Killer Demo says, "Are you guys hammering the Fresno State line? I believe it's huge." Did you see who just got elevated to be the offensive coordinator? Kirby Moore, Kellen Moore's brother. That's pretty cool. That is cool. For Jeff is he, Jeff Tedford coaching this game? Uh no. I think uh one of Dubois' future assistants, but it's it's Kirby Moore's first time calling plays. Do you remember Kirby Moore when he was at Boise as a player? Number 20 no, I think his number was. Uh, he was a vaguely maybe slot receiver. receiver? I mean yeah. yeah, he was a good little player. Uh Thursday night football if you're watching this before Thursday night football, Chiefs minus 3 against the Chargers. You got to take on this. Did I mean we had talked about doing something here? I like the Chiefs when they were minus three at like minus 110 VIG. I, I don't like that minus 125. It feels like a lot of people are hammering the Chiefs then. Oh, yeah. I'm not signed in here. But um, we got we got the Browns, Nick Mullins plus one, the Browns. They're going to – Nick Mullins, they got – that's their quarterback. I don't know. They got Joe, no Josina just tweeted, Browns sourced She's coaching me the just team. now. No, she just knows a lot of people in the league. I really don't know how we're being asked to play this game Saturday. Derek Carr might eat us alive. 
What's the temperature there? Snow? Uh, yeah, I would imagine it's not warm, guy. It's middle of December in Berea, Ohio. Uh, imagine it's a little chilly. I mean, it's fucking 50 degrees in Walnut Creek. What the hell is it in Cleveland, Ohio? It's actually 65 degrees there today, but Sunday it's going to be 36, and it, and it might snow a little bit on Saturday. Wind is uh, is at 12 miles an hour. Somebody, Do you know John, what Derek Carr's record is against old Nick Mullins? 0-1. Oh, 0-2? Oh, and one beat him on uh beat him on that Thursday night game and then Brett Favre called him on the NFL network remember that oh, that's right what a moment like you know I've always been supportive of of uh pro quarterback Nick Mullins uh somebody John here just said check Baker Mayfield's last tweet so here's what Baker has tweeted uh NFL make up your damn minds on protocols uh Make up your damn minds on protocols, showing up and making only three teams test. Also, you can keep the game scheduled to make more money. I didn't really follow that one. I read that. But then he had a follow-up tweet after that. The follow-up tweet is, actually caring about player safety would mean delaying the game. This continuing With this continuing the rate it is, but you say you won't test vaccinated players if they don't have symptoms, then pull this randomly. doesn't make any sense to me. Yeah, I think he's mad. There, you know, I think ninety-eight percent of the NFL is vaccinated, and they just start testing vaccinated players. Here's the problem, Baker. You're in a union. Your union chief just freaked the fuck out about testing everybody. So, like, the players. Here's the thing, and this is why you know the NFL union is a complicated place. The players and the union often don't see eye to eye. Yeah, because because what's his name, Demoria Smith, came out shitting on the NFL, saying that they should be testing everyone. Well, clearly the players, like in fairness to Baker, vaccinate a guy, asymptomatic, wants to play. He's like, you're just randomly testing all of us now, where you said you only test us once every three weeks or whatever. Well, it's like your union push for that, my man. Hmm. You got to play politics in the NFL. Just ask Urban. He refused, and now he's gone. (laughs) All right, so what do we like? Do we like? I I think it's an easy one. There's a game that jumped out to me from a mile away. Yeah. And that is a team that I actually was impressed with last week because the the punt returner fumbled, muffed two punts. They were getting their ass kicked down multiple touchdowns going in the fourth quarter. And Joe Burrow just never quit guy. That team, you watch them, you go, this is not some like joke squad. Obviously, they have a number one overall quarterback, but talent on offense, their defense plays hard. You're telling me I get the I get the Bengals? Plus two and a half against the Broncos now, mile high on the road. But Joe Burrow, Teddy Bridgewater, like I just, you, if you just say, hey, a Joe Burrow team is playing a Teddy Bridgewater team and the Joe Burrow team is getting some points, I'll take the points. Yeah, I think the Broncos in some ways have been undervalued this year. They, they, uh, you know, it's easy to be critical of them for obvious reasons. But uh, in some ways, like the Texans, they kind of show up in some spots. They're better than the Texans are. Uh, and But they, they're a tough out. And honestly, uh, without having, if you just told me everybody was playing, whatever, I would have thought Cincinnati would be a two and a half point underdog, uh, excuse me, a two and a half point favorite in this game, not a two and a half point underdog in this game. But I think it speaks to the fact that Denver's solid. That Denver is a, they are to me like the definition of a solid football team. They are not a joke team, but they're not a good team, but they're solid. And you have to play well to beat a solid team. If you don't play well, solid team at home, like you said, elevation will beat you. But I'm with you. I like Cincinnati. Uh, I love the idea. I, I don't know what our number is this year. I feel like we take underdogs a lot. The times we haven't taken underdogs, I just, it's just, it's easy. It, I, again, I just feel good about it. So 
lock it in Sunday morning well, when we make yes, sure we're going to wait. Yeah. yeah. But that is the that's the lock right now. All of a sudden, who's playing quarterback for the Bengals? Like Boomer Sison, like, John Kitna. <laughs> Which Josh McCown's back? So that's the pick. That's the pick. I like Love it. it. Now, what about the fact that since Urban Meyer got fired, the Jags went from a favorite against the Texans to a bigger favorite against the Texans? That's kind of crazy. Ha- has a eighty million dollar coach ever been worth minus two points? Because that's essentially what they're saying. He's worth minus two points. You know, usually a quarterback is worth what? Like legitimately seven points. Like if I'm Aaron Rodgers and we're playing the the Bucks and it's a pick 'em, and then you remove Aaron Rodgers and start Jordan Love, what would that line immediately change to? Bucks plus ten or minus ten yeah, or something? It'd be a right? lot. <laughs> He's worth ten points. They say Irvin Meyer is not even worth a point, guy. He's the opposite. It's a it's a net gain. Yes, he holds his team back because of his just... Per- now, the funny thing is, I watch them a lot. Well, I've seen them play games that I thought they should be mailing the game in, and they didn't. Who? The Jags. They're just bad. Oh. Yeah. But remember, like, the game... Ap- didn't they play well? Did they win the game? Yeah, they won. The game after everyone was making fun of him for his photos, for his pit stop photos. Remember that? I think they played well the next week. They might have won the next week. They've won twice this year, so it shouldn't be too hard to identify their wins. That feels too long ago to have been their first win, though. Yeah, but, they were 0-4 after the that debacle happened on Thursday night. I don't know if they won the next week. but I, Okay, well, anyway, I do think there's something to you get out from under the thumb of, of Urban Meyer, and people just, there's no question. You sent me the clip from Daryl Bevel's press conference. People are walking with a little pep in their step around the Jags facility probably today. Guy, they asked the head coach if he realized. You're right. They did. Uh, they won two weeks later. Okay. Uh, they asked. Did they the head go to coach, one? Anyway. Yeah, they played the Bengals. Then they just played the Titans and lost. But then they beat the Dolphins. Then they beat the Bills. Sneaky inc- highlight of Urban's career, right? Beating the Bills at yeah, home. Nine definitely good win. He might have affected the AFC playoff race. I mean, they asked Daryl Bevel if he realized that he could have more wins in the last month of the season than Urban's career in the NFL. And it was a serious question. Guy, they asked last week, did you see the thing that went viral of the reporter asking Urban Meyer what it felt like to watch his offensive line? He used the word, get their ass kicked and overwhelmed. And Urban's response to the question was, yeah. I, I, I think I read an article this morning from Dan Wetzel. He had a good point. Like, that is just the BP fastball for Mike Tomlin, for Belichick, for Andy Reid. One, that would never happen to them. But if that situation does where you're pressing an individual unit, you double down getting their back, even if you right. think they suck. Right. And he he just said yes. So is it possible that he truly was trying to get fired this last three or four weeks? Like, I don't think he was the night that he was at the bar. Like, I just think he was kind of out of touch. But I do wonder these last couple weeks, he just didn't give a shit. Like, truly didn't give a yeah, shit. Yeah, it's possible. He didn't want to quit. Like, I think one thing, he couldn't quit again, right? Couldn't quit. You don't get you don't get paid that way, also. But yeah, but I just mean even beyond that, like you just he. I don't think he could quit again for a third time. You're saying? I just that yeah. You just it's you can't quit. You cannot quit in his spot. The money obviously a big part of it, but I just think first and foremost you can't quit. Um, so it's possible. But but here's the thing: like this Josh Lambeau thing happened training camp yeah. a couple months ago. Yeah, a while back, September. Well, do, you think the, it was. do you think the Lambeau thing had anything to do with him getting fired? Because I don't really think it had much to do. Did you see last week? Well, it was either last week or two weeks ago, there was a play 
I, it might have been the Rams game. It might have been three weeks ago, the Falcons game, where James Robinson, the running back, who's clearly one of their better players, I think they had a big fourth down spot or a big red zone spot, and he wasn't in the game for a couple plays. Yeah. And after the game, Urban kind of claimed, like, you know, that's all my assistance. And then they asked Trevor Lawrence at the podium, and he's like, basically said, that's unacceptable. He's our best player. He needs to be in the game. And I wonder if, like, Trevor Lawrence started – Trevor Lawrence had been saying – in a in a nice way, just kind of like what's going on here? Like I, this doesn't make sense to me. I wonder if that was the biggest reason of like we're gonna lose our potential. This is our only hope out of disaster, right? Is him. The Lambo thing becoming public was interesting, right? Because it's something that Shad Khan's known for months. Because Lambo went to HR basically with it. Oh yeah, um, I didn't even. He told the team or something. Yeah, he reported it. I Googled him. He hadn't been in the league all year, and there's been a million fucking kickers rotating. So it's like... Can't hit an employee, John. He said it was a five out of a ten kick. If you had... If you me and you were standing there, what would you actually imagine it was? Like a two out of ten? Do you think he fucking kicked them? I think he was a dick to them. I'll say this for Lambeau. Like, for him to put it on a scale and put it at five is to say, like, look, man, I know he wasn't... You know, he didn't... He wasn't going to bruise me probably but let's not i know what everyone's gonna say you're all gonna say he probably just tapped me and i'm telling you he didn't just tap me so that was the one part of it i'm like okay like he he knew everyone's react my reaction was come on bro did he really kick you he's like no i'm telling you i know that's what you're gonna think i'm not saying it was an eight i'm just saying it was a five so i appreciate that it seems insane how about him walking around just calling the kicker kicker well if you know you're gonna cut a veteran player for a different kicker, do you, there's a chance he had zero respect for Josh Lambeau. Like, he was irrelevant to Urban Meyer. Absolutely. There, that sounds like that definitely was the case. But I think even the – I think one thing good coaches know is you can be ruthless when you cut a player, but have respect for what they do. Like, if you ever hear Bill Belichick talk about what players do, even though Bill is known as ruthless when it comes to player personnel decisions, right, and he's hard on you and he'll call you out and all that shit, by the way, earned with all those Super Bowls, uh, I do think Bill also has an appreciation. Like, I've heard Kyle Shanahan. You hear players, you hear coaches. Talk, I I can't tell you, and I'm sure you have, how many coaches I've heard talk like, you know what, the one thing you remember as a coach is on Sunday or on Monday, you walk in the facility early to grind tape, your body feels the same as it did on Saturday or Sunday, like college player being a Saturday. For the players, it is different, and we have to respect that as coaches. I think most coaches get that. Respect the player's body. I, I also think this. I think you can kind of verbally attack certain position groups and certain players, you know, a, a D tackle, a running back, kind of push them. A group that you coach, maybe. And your I specialty. Even, yeah, I wouldn't even say you coach. I'm just saying, like, I think you can be you can be hard on uh, a George Kittle, uh, Trent Williams, you know, a certain play. I think kickers universally, you just, it's much more mental. You almost treat like a golfer. Like, I, I was around Alex Henry, who's one of the great. Not quite a Guayo-level bust, but a pretty big bust. I mean, we got rid of David Akers. We drafted a kicker in the fourth round. Until he got cut, they treated him kind of with kick. He's a kicker. You just don't what you don't get anything out of being mean to the kicker. Honestly, it's kind of bullying the, you know, the guy that can't defend himself. It's kind of stupid, right? I mean, there have been countless stories of D linemen getting in with coaches. Like that's if they're used to it, right? If you go to a practice, you and I have been to a million, you go to the O-line, D-line. It's kind of like, goddamn, there's just a lot of, you know, uh, just fire 
right? You go to, you watch the kickers on the side. How often do you ever see like, there's a lot of fire over here, right? It's more just yeah. talking through it. Hell, we, we were around Seabass, who's physically probably one of the most unique kickers ever. And even he was just, you got to be careful around him. Just let him make his kicks. Leave him alone. <laughs> right? I know. Urban might it's just crazy. be an idiot. It's not. It's. I've you know Not me an idiot, but he's just. I I wonder if he just lives in an alternate universe. Well, I mean, I think his universe involves him believing he is the expert on management leadership type stuff. He probably looks at Jacksonville and thinks shitty organization. They need me to come shake it up. Well, they um, they they begged him to take the job, right? Well, yeah, I mean, Chad Khan did. Trevor Lawrence didn't. You know what I mean? Like. You still have to earn the respect of players if you're brand new to the league. I The one thing is that I could tell very early, it was obvious to everybody, everybody was rooting against him in the NFL. I think the media in the NFL, the people in the NFL, they rightly believe that the NFL is the highest level of football and that not just anybody can waltz in here and just do what we do here. And uh, I think as it relates to Urban, they were right. But I didn't like how I. Anytime one hundred percent of people agree on something, I tend to to go something. This is too much, too much agreement. I don't like one hundred percent agreement. You know, it's something's off. If you see a Rotten Tomatoes score on a movie that's one hundred percent, you're like, well, have not enough people voted? Like a hundred? That's hundreds nuts. Like a hundred is you're, you're cooking the books when it's a hundred of anything. One hundred percent approval of any restaurant. No, somebody had a bad experience with a fish or a waiter, some random lame complaint. It's been 100%. Everyone's just going after him. I haven't loved that part of it. So I've, in some weird ways, I've wanted it to work. But he's just he's very, he's not easy. I'm not rooting for him. Does that make sense? It's not about, I'm not rooting for him. I just don't love what an easy target he is. But you have to admit, like he's made himself that, he made himself that target. Well, let's use the most two most famous college coaches that went pro over the last decade. It was Chip Kelly and Urban Meyer. I think people clearly rooted against both. I think Chip felt the same thing. The difference yeah. was, I don't think people necessarily like rooted against Chip and he might be a dick or whatever, and he can be rough around the edges, but they rooted against Chip because it felt like, oh, he's going to revolutionize our sport football-wise, like his offense. That's why... So a lot of, and I think you talk to any defensive guy in the NFL, like, fuck this guy. You're going to run that hurry up shit on me? Good right. luck, buddy. It was completely football. And it might have been a little making fun of the smoothies or whatever, but it was really the offense. Urban Meyer had nothing to do with schematics, the hatred. All right? It was just, that guy's an asshole. Like, that guy is a dick. And I think, and I know I've thought this for a while, I think he's a fraud. And when I say a fraud, I don't mean like, he earned his championships. He, to me, is a politician in the sense of not in the NFL, but like he acts one way and he likes to portray this morale, you know, this kind of like uh, moral superiority and, you know, everything. Leader, but he's like his, his own personal ethics are just completely fraudulent. And I think the crazy part is, is it didn't come out in college. Obviously, you had the situation with the with the coach, but in fairness to him on that, like he was not the guy doing anything, right? We've seen it before where things like I, I'm not saying he defended that guy, and clearly he was in bed with that guy's family, but it's like he had a long history of Florida, bunch of drug dealers on the team. He had a player murdering people. You know, it's like that. That's a fact. That's not an opinion. 
Now, but you always can go, how much did he truly know? No one really knows except him. But he always acted like he was just this great human being. And it's like, well, I just, this thing. And this year, for the first time, it was really coming out like calling his coaches losers. It's like, this guy's just a dick. You know, people like call Belichick and Saban assholes. I actually think they're just hard. They're just like kind of tough coaches. Like they're hard on people, right? But I think we're having, we played golf, whatever, with Shane Vereen. Loved Belichick. You see the way these players talk about Nick Saban. Again, if you are a competitor worth your salt, you want to be around people that are going to push you. Now, there's sometimes, it's no different than growing up, right? Your parents get mad at you and you look back, you're like, that's the best thing. My parents forced me to do this and this. It benefited me when I'm 20 and 30 and 40. That's what it always feels like with Belichick. And so, like, How often do players say truly negative things about Belichick after they're done playing for him? It feels like a very, very small list, if any. Yeah. And to me, Urban was just, it was all asshole, nothing else. Like, Urban, well, you're not helping these guys be good at anything. So you're just, you can't just be a dick and then bring nothing else to the table. Right? Yep. Yeah. I, I think, I think it's not just about being a dick. Like, I think it, I think the videos of him at that bar with the girl changed everything. Not because of the videos, but because he had to address them with his team. And he told the team, like, oh, no, they're not, it's, it's nothing, it's nothing, right? She was just came over for a photo, I think was his initial story. But then the other videos come out. And then his players know, our coach just lied to us. He lied to us, right? He lied. At that point, I, I, I don't think there was any coming back from that video. I said at the time, I... I is there I, a chance he never even cared that much about this job once the season started? He realized, like, this is not for me and just... Like, I don't even want to be here. Isn't that a good example he is in the NFL. He stays in Columbus, Ohio, which let's just say that's not that big a deal. I, I'm sure it's happened before. You know, everyone acts like every coach always flies home with the team. I'm sure there's been a couple instances over the years on bye weeks or something where yeah. he's at his own bar and he's not like in the VIP room. He's literally at the front of the bar. He's Urban fucking Meyer in Columbus, Ohio. That to me, looking back, and I've defended him in the sense of like, Everyone assumes he's in some perfect marriage. Who knows? But that is kind of an FU, like, I'll do whatever I want. And I just wonder if yeah. he ever even cared about the job that much once I, the I, job actually started. Well, that's a good question. I, to, to the other thing, I, I, think it, I think it's just I don't have to change anything about what I do to coach in the NFL. I'm not changing a thing. I'm not but adjusting. He, I'm not he, adapting. Was he going out and about like at the bar if he was coaching Ohio State? I bet he wouldn't have, right? Because he knew that that would go viral in the town. Maybe, maybe I don't know. I'm just saying, like, I don't think he was actively trying to get fired by going to the bar. I don't think that's what that was. Because it was a pretty like I watched him talk to his team at the video. I, you read the stories about him talking to his team. Like that's an embarrassing situation that he put himself through. Yeah, whether he was right or wrong, I don't know what his marriage situation is. Right, but that was an embarrassing situation to stand up in front of a, a, your players and explain that. But you're right. Maybe he took the job and went this, uh, whatever. I'll just whatever. The one thing I'll say though, I don't think he. Th no, I don't think he thought that. Like at the beginning, he's like, I need this new challenge. I want to prove. I do wonder, and maybe like the free agency, the draft, that just gets your juices flowing. Then you actually get around the players, and maybe you start thinking in OTAs like, God, this is a little different in spring ball. These guys don't automatically listen to me. And then you get into training camp, and then the games, and you realize this sucks. He lost, you know that he lost nine games at Ohio State? He lost two more games in the pros. Think about it's that. crazy. 
Yeah. And that was the knock, right? He's not, not only does he not, he's not used to winning, or I mean losing, of course. I mean, neither Saban, neither Kirby, all the top Ryan Day. He's notoriously bad at handling losing. I remember Phil Savage told me, he's like, you know what's crazy about Nick Saban after he did the games forever? He's like, he's actually better after losses because everyone else freaks, and that's when he comes through like, hey, guys, it's going to be okay. He's actually harder on the team. Now, maybe not like the SEC championship and shit he lets loose, but I'm just talking like a regular season loss against Ole Miss. The town, the players, the entire program freaks. He's the one guy who's actually like, he's the beacon of positive energy at that time. Well, don't you think a lot of good coaches are like that? Like, I'm not saying everybody's saving, but what do you always say after a team wins like seven in a row? You know, late September, October, November, they're going to be a playoff team. Then they lose a game. What does everyone peaking too say? early? No, they lose the game, and then you go, you know what? This is just a chance to kind of reset. You know, the coaches don't hate it. They can go back to coaching players up a little bit. You always say that when a good team postseason set up, they lose a game, and it's like, all right, just a chance to kind of take a step back, reset. You don't have the pressure of a winning streak anymore. I think a lot of coaches are like, now, they were doing more than just like winning streak, losing a game. It was a mess, but... I think you're right. I think the best coaches, that is what you pay them for, is when it's not going well, how do we find solutions? And not only was he not a solution guy, it felt like he freaked out at the failure that they were having, which only made it harder to get people to follow him. Impossible. Well, it's you know the weirdest part about, like, especially the level he was at, right? Ohio State, Florida. If you just went to, you know, like a Mario Cristobal practice, or, you know, an Oklahoma practice or a Nick Saban practice, and you just went to a Kyle Shanahan or Sean McVay practice. If you just spent a couple hours at the practice, it might not look that crazy different, right? If it was a padded practice, the periods, the individual to the group, to the team, there'd be some music, there'd be whistles, there'd be a horn, they'd all be moving in sync, right? The actual football, I, I don't think it would look that dramatically different, especially if you went to the highest level of college football where their size, the players physically would look pretty similar. Hell, I mean, some College teams might even be bigger than certain NFL teams. The football aspect of just the practice, I think, is pretty similar spot to spot. The major difference to me are, are the meetings, because in the meetings, you are kind of establishing dominance. I think you have to attack it a little different in the pros. Like, you, you are... Andrew Whitworth just fucking started a game at left tackle. He's 40 years old. So you're not... Sean McVay ain't yelling at him. He doesn't need to. You don't... Remember... My take with Chip Kelly when he came with the smoothies is like, wait, you're going to tell Navarro Bowman and Joe Staley how to like nu- what nutrition they should have? Like they've been in the league at combined like eight, they have like seven Pro Bowls combined. Like they know how to feed their body. And Chip's was less. Chip was never known in a weird way for being like, he's not really a screamer. Like that's not like Urban. No. When I think Urban, I think screamer. <laughs> when I think Chip, I just think subtle jabs. But he's not. He's sharp, not, intellectual kind of avoids confrontation i think urban yearns for it here's the thing i I, chip urban did not earn being in chip's territory in the nfl chip went 10 and 6 10 and 6 chip Chip was over 500 in philly he was but again actually no he wasn't because he went uh, he went oh he was he was 26 and 21 26 and 21 now it got really ugly the third year and he was escorted out of the building remember yeah and really ugly was six and nine and then the next coach that had success there also had a bad breakup with the organization who won a Super Bowl. So it's hard to put that all on him. Yeah, and they had weird stuff going on with Carson. Yeah. 
But I anyway. But but, but the chip example. Urb, one of Urban's main problems is like when you think the CEO head coaches, and we talked about this the other day. You go to Baltimore or Pittsburgh because they're the most famous. Well, Harbaugh and Tomlin. Well, Harbaugh got a job that he inherited. Terrell Suggs, who I actually saw this summer when I was stayed the week in Arizona, still jacked. Ray Lewis in his prime, Ed Reed, and Haloti Nada. Like the, they had the infrastructure of greatness and leadership. And same thing with Tomlin, right? The both teams equipped to win. Culture already established. We just need a high level guy. Like, can you just the boat's going down the river? Can you just keep the boat from hitting either side of the land? Just keep it going. And both of them clearly were made for that. Like when I think th- those guys are made to be CEO head coaches. He took over a terrible team, and then he doesn't call plays. So Chip took over a team in turmoil because they hadn't been winning, but he did inherit some really good players. And then he was the guy calling the plays with like Macklin, Shady, Deshaun. So Chip's getting to like move all the strings. Urban's just screaming at his offensive coaches. Did you see Aaron Wilson's tweet yesterday? A source told him that he told the offensive assistants, or maybe it was the whole, entire coaching staff, that he had better coaches at Bowling Green. I, What's he it's doing? Like, do, do, I'm starting to believe that all this stuff might be true. Like, he might have said this stuff. What is he doing? I trying think to he motivate was, coaches? Like, did he feel I, like I they quit on him? Yeah, maybe. Maybe he did. Not maybe wanting wanted to get fired is the wrong way to put it. Just maybe he knew just he truly couldn't succeed. didn't get, or just truly remember us at, in the in the bullpen at the radio station when we truly did not give a fuck. That feeling of don't give a fuck, it is it, in a weird way, it's empowering. We truly didn't give a fuck. And we were making way less than him. So can you imagine me and you in that situation? If you truly believe everyone's a clown it, it's under like i get it of just treating yeah, everyone yeah. like the an difference asshole. is that 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 he we were malcontents guy we were malcontents you were malcontent i was very you were worse than me at many times yet we're still uh, told you could stay <laughs> it was crazy i'll still never forget that <laughs> you did not make it eye contact i remember on one late meeting it was like how's this guy <laughs> they still liked You just you ever think to yourself like you know today I'm gonna I'm gonna keep it together today and then the second the second that meeting starts like I can't do this I can't do this I'm freaking out over here that was but that's where I'm saying we can relate to the sense if you if it truly whether you're right or wrong if internally and you don't need the money you can't respect anyone yeah it's hard to operate. As a human being. No, it's, but it, you know, it's amazing when you're the guy that was the builder. Like you came to be the builder and you're like, I don't like any of these parts and all the workers suck. It's like, the, I know. But you, you're the one that these blueprints, terrible. You brought the blueprints, you made them. And maybe that's one part where you start losing respect. Okay. So is this, I, I think it's an, inc- I, I, the stat, there's never been a coach fired in his first year after drafting number one um, overall. It's remarkable because Trevor Lawrence is viewed as a generational quarterback prospect. This year has not helped that, but that's, I don't think people who felt that way before the season have backed off of that, right? Um, So is this a good job? It's a remarkable opportunity if you've given the power and the money to clean house and you get Trevor Lawrence falling in your lap. I mean, guys coach their whole career and never, ever get to coach a player like Trevor Lawrence. Coaches coach in the NFL, multiple jobs. They never have a player like Trevor Lawrence, right? Kyle Shanahan's had a million jobs. He's had 
RG3, he's never had Trevor Lawrence. He had he had Matt Ryan. He's never had Trevor Lawrence. Most would, Kyle Shan- would Kyle Shanahan right now trade Jimmy Garoppolo and Trey Lance for Trevor Lawrence? Because I think he I would. I mean, who well, who would he not trade is the question yeah. for Trevor Lawrence. Who would most teams, if you said Sean McVay, Trevor Lawrence, would you, you want to go get him or you want to ride with Stafford? What would he say? Uh, because Stafford's 33, he, he might have to think about it. Okay. Kyle Shanahan would not hesitate. They would both be gone. I mean, you see how Stafford looked the other night? Looked pretty I good. know. Looked good. But anyway, the point is, most people don't get an opportunity to coach a quarterback like Trevor Lawrence, and this guy didn't make it through the whole season. Now, he still is on the Jaguars. Is this an attractive job well, because Trevor of Trevor Lawrence? Well, he's the number one pick in the draft for the last 20 years in every draft except Luck, and dependent, who knows, if they would have been in the same class. Is it a lock that Luck goes one? against Trevor Lawrence, if they were just in the same class before we saw them play. Now, I would take Andrew Luck clearly over Trevor Lawrence, but I think he's going number one in the in every draft for the last 20 years. I don't even think it's debatable. Cam Newton, just go along. Baker Mayfield, Jared Goff. I mean, you just, you can go through it. It's just, it's a fact. Matt Stafford, remember Matt Stafford had, it was more just talent, less than like he had accomplished a lot at Georgia. Almost like an underachiever in a weird way. Could he hire Dabble Sweeney? Like they had a lot of success together and they're tight. Can you hire another college coach or you just have to go day ball? You have to go just some offensive assistant. No, if I mean, uh, look, we'll talk about Dabo, but if your alternative is day ball, like, who are the, who, or who are your options? Where, no, no, where I'm, I'm just saying uh, most of the, yeah, it'd be enemy day ball. Are any of these guys more of a guarantee than, and I'm not saying hire Dabo. That's not what I'm saying. But let's not act like any of these guys are guarantees here, okay? There, there is not, even if it was Josh McDaniel. Now, Byron Leftwich, I've seen suggested by a few people. Go yeah, back to him. Played there. You know, played there. This is not college. Doesn't really matter. This is not Jonathan Smith going back to Oregon State. But, I mean, he is a guy that has seen Jacksonville succeed, which might be hard for most people to visualize. Him and Del Rio, guy. Remember. Him and Del Rio. So... Kellen Moore. I mean, again, like, yeah, hire Kellen, sure. But let's not act like Kellen is more of a lock than Dabo at this point. And again, I'm not saying I'm, I would not hire Dabo because I think what you need, you need, you, I, if I were them, I would not hire a CEO head coach. I would hire somebody who, who I know for a fact can at least help. I would hire an offensive coach. I think, I think, because I don't want my coordinators having success and leaving. Left, which makes a lot of sense then. Left, and I don't want Trevor Lawrence, like, we got to stop this right now. We got to hire the coach that coaches Trevor Lawrence for the next five years at least. Well, then don't you think now? And then if it's like, oh, we're not getting over the next hump. Sorry? I don't think you can hire a defensive coordinator then either. No, no, I would hire an offensive head coach. Yeah. To work with my calling the place. Jim Harbaugh. (laughs) Yeah, Florida, no state income tax. Balky, like you, like you tweeted, great tweet in the moment. You know, Twitter was made for like, it's 9.15, you're laying in bed, or I'm about to hit the shower, and you see it. And I, I sat toilet seat down, leaned back 20 minutes, just Twitter. I was like, this is fantastic. You had a, you did the photo of Bulky. I'm the captain now. That was a great tweet. It was. I thought of it. I was legitimately in bed. I had taken a couple Tylenol PM. I was ready to go to bed early. I didn't sleep much the night before. When you text me that, I was shocked, and then, of course, I was on Twitter for the next 30 minutes just laying in bed, just reading 
person after person talk shit because it's very enjoyable. Over someone you don't like. If if I liked the person, I probably would have signed off. But it was it was it was late, right? It wasn't like this yeah, didn't it was happen like, at seven o'clock. Like it happened nine forty five. Yeah, nine thirty, nine forty five. I mean Tom Brady's already been in bed. I know. So I don't know. I I I would hesitate to say it's a bad job, even though that is what it is, like relative to NFL jobs. You have Trevor Lawrence, you're in the NFL. This is the it's an NFL job. Okay. Your facilities are good enough. Your stadium's good enough. You're not recruiting. Free agents will take your money if you offer them the most for the most part. So while it well, I think that's a, part of why that's part of why Khan had to like er, they weren't going to be able to get players, right? It was so toxic. I, I think sometimes, and you and I have talked a lot about this, PR can be overrated a little bit. Like, what does that actually fucking mean? This felt like it had almost jumped the shark. Like it was going to be difficult just to keep them, rally the troops, and be like, hey. We got 80 million in cap space. Let's go land players. If I was a player, I would try to avoid that place like the plague unless they overpaid me by remember kind of what Al Davis had to do at the end. And these guys were like, well, I couldn't turn down $30 million guaranteed. Next offer I had was five. Right. Right. And, and you don't, that's, it's not a winning formula. And that's what they would have to do. Where now, if you just get a Byron Leftwich or a Dayball or just a, you know, you just get a normal coach. No one even cares about Urban anymore, and you can just sign guys probably normally, right? You might have to overpay a little bit because your team's bad, but not what they they would have been in. They would have had a major problem on their hands. Lane Kiffin? Uh, well, can they hire a college guy? I don't know. I think you just need to get a pro guy. So what's a more attractive job? Chicago but they also hired Gus Bradley, who was a pro guy, and he never won. So it's like, yeah. and he's a high character. Everyone loves him. Bears or Jags, better job. I'm a bright lights guy. I like things to matter, and I, you know, so, to me, I don't. I, you always act like you know whether you're good in the NFL. I, to me, the Jags, even if they're winning ten games, anyone give a fuck? Well, I always act like that, with the exception of a couple franchises. Like the Browns are a bad franchise, but that is a bright. That is not the Jags in terms of bright lights. Well, we've seen it with all three of their major sports teams. Like they matter when they're good. So, so I think almost all NFL jobs are created equal. And then there's the Jags job. There's the Marlins job, which is not the NFL, but let's just make fun of them. Um, is there anybody else in the Jags conversation? I, I would. And I've never even stepped foot in Chicago. I don't even think it's a conversation. Now, quarterback does matter if you like Trevor oh, Lawrence. I think it's a conversation if you're an NFL head coach. Not like the Bears are some great organization at this point. It's a lot of mystique and heritage, but... If you and I are an agent for Coach X and he's offered fifty million, five years, fifty million dollars from both franchises, and he's like, "Listen, I, I I love Justin Fields. Trevor Lawrence might be a little bit better, but the quarterback does not bother me. Where would you guys recommend? I, I'm I'm going to Chicago. Yeah, if you love Justin Fields. Yeah, and obviously a lot of people, you know, he was pretty polarizing player just six months ago. I would put the Texans in the category. I know they've been good, but it's just who cares? Like you're. There's like nine other football teams in your state that are more important than you. So I would put the Texans in the Jags category. Do you feel like the Titans and the Colts are just in a completely different level in that in that division? In terms of that, like just in terms of just NFL, like bright lights? NFL revel, relevancy? Yeah, absolutely. The Colts probably, the, the Colts feel much more like a consistent, probably because they've been good for 20 yeah, years. Yeah, it's just, it's a real low, like the, the Titans logo, it, that kind of throws you, you know, yeah. it feels what it is, which is, you know, uh, the divi- the division feels a little uh, Hollywood, right? <laughs> oh yeah. Like video game logo. Is yeah. Just mean? like the Texans made up the, the fucking Titans. brands out of your ass. Like, where'd you, what? <laughs> 
So, uh, yes, it is not the Steelers' job. But, like, if the Steelers have no quarterback and you're Brian Dable, which job do you take? You still might take the Steelers' job. But if you think if you think Trevor Lawrence is a generational quarterback, God, I even for, that that would be if you've got this guy you think is a generational quarterback and people still aren't taking the job, then you just might need to just go ahead and move the team to London. Yeah, I agree. I mean, that'd be. Ugh. Ugh. I kind of want to see a London team. Yeah. Uh, all right, John, before we go any further, let's tell the people about Sleep Number. Sleepnumber.com slash ham. Sleepnumber.com slash ham. John broke the cardinal rule last night when he pulled out his cell phone at 945 in bed. Not ideal. You forced, it on, you forced it on me. I'm sorry. The good news, you didn't have your sleep setting on. Otherwise, you wouldn't have got that text message. So secretly, you wanted a breaking news text message. So that's what I start doing. I do the little sleep thing. I do the, I hit the little sleep. No text messages come through. No buzzing. Unless it's like a repeat call or like, you know, if you're like really trying to get a hold of me. You, I think it'll you, honestly, me. Do, you honestly do that? I do the sleep thing some nights and uh, it, it, it doesn't buzz if I get a text. Got you. I just get in my mind like if I'm not touching a text, I don't touch the text. But that's because you know sometimes a couple times like I'm like oh I was asleep. Yeah, it fucks you. The good so thing you, you try- were in a sleep number bed, so you were able to bounce back, recover, and, and you get a good night's sleep. Uh, try to stick to your routines. Turn off the lights. I, I like a cooler. Crack the window, especially last night it was raining. I, I love that Ooh, sound. Yeah, oh, that's great. Fantastic. Uh, can't recommend sleep number enough. So uh, bring proven quality sleep home for the holidays. Holidays right around the corner. Guy, you can save up to 500 bones, $500 on select Sleep Number 360 smart beds during Sleep Number holiday savings event, plus special financing for a limited time only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com slash ham, subject to credit approval, minimum monthly payments required. See stores for details. This is a great time, right? Maybe you're taking some time off, a few days of vacation from work. Make sure that you actually recharge for 2022 like you're trying to do. You're taking the time off for a little self-care, a little recharge, right? Make sure you're not tossing and turning at the end of 2021 as you're trying to get your mind right and your body right through the holiday season and through the new year. Do that at sleepnumber.com slash ham. At sleepnumber.com slash ham. Then, after a good night's sleep, you know what you do? You, you go to trade morning. coffee. Yeah. And you go to drinktrade.com slash ham. Well, guy, you ordered a bunch of trade coffee. I feel like I've had like seven cups today. Uh, I, I can't recommend drinking trade coffee enough. Uh, they they send you individual gourmet bags from all over America. Where, where'd you choose your bags from? Do you remember? Uh, it's from, uh, I think it's from San Francisco is actually where the coffee is oh. made. I didn't How's choose it? it. It just recommended to me. I'm like, yeah, I've heard of that one. Sight glass. I've never had it. Very good. Some cocoa uh, hints. In it, oh. it's fantastic. I love it. That sounds fantastic, and yeah. uh, it's easy. You just take a little quiz, like you said. They recommend it to you. Trade guarantees that your first, uh, you'll love your first match. On the off chance you don't, they'll rep- replace it with a different bag for free. Uh, you can feel good about each cup since trade partners with fifty-five, and this is what we love: American-made, small U.S.-based roasters. We keep it American-made. We keep supporting small businesses. During this economic chaos, and we you know get a caffeine uh, a little high. <laughs> yeah, just enjoy. I found that I enjoy my coffee more when I make it than if I. Oh yeah. You know, I mean, don't get me wrong. I love somebody else. You know, Pete's or Starbucks or whatever making it for me. Phil's, but I find that like just the poor. I, I and agree. The, I agree. You know, just something. So uh, right now, 
you could help somebody make their own coffee too because this is a great holiday gift idea. Drink Trade is offering 20 bucks off your first three bags at checkout. You go to drinktrade.com slash ham. Then you use the code ham. So this is a double hammer, okay? Drinktrade.com slash ham, promo code ham. Just start, take the quiz, start your journey to the perfect cup at drinktrade.com slash ham, promo code ham for 20 bucks off your first three bags. This holiday season, give the coffee in your life, coffee lover in your life, a great gift. People in the uh, stream chat are arguing about Derek Carr <laughs> and, and Jimmy Garoppolo. Who's better? Hilarious. It, it's getting serious. It's getting uh, really serious. So we've had a Dabo Sweeney conversation before about would the Raiders be interested in Dabo? That conversation comes up again today for a couple of reasons. One, Urban, could you go back? Could you do – is it the same if you hire Dabo when the Jags hired Urban? Is it the same thing? Also – a lot going on in the world of college football, early signing period, NIL, big money. Dabo's not happy with it. And he has said, This is, I don't like this. Remember, he said a few years ago, the, when they start getting paid, I'm out of here, which hasn't happened. He's not out. Uh, and then on top of that, you found this incredible little nugget, something Derek Carr shared the other day. What was that? I, I think it was a long time. It was, it was like two months ago with the little kids. Remember, he did that podcast? Yeah, That's but it was when posted he like a week he ago. Was, well, I, I think some someone on Twitter, I Got had it. typed it in. I think I had typed in Dabo Sweeney to Twitter. That came up. That was the same podcast which he said that he would retire. I, I think that yeah. was like uh, two months ago. But okay. on that little nugget was that Dabo Sweeney FaceTimes Derek way more than he even talks to Hunter Renfro. Hunter was there, right? They did him, Hunter, and the two kids. Might have been his nephew, Darren or David's son, I would imagine, or maybe some association, Bakersfield. But in that clip, he mentioned that Dabo FaceTimes him. And here's what I know about Dabo Sweeney. Like a lot of coaches in the South, very, very religious. And Derek is very, very religious. So obviously they are football guys, and I would call Derek a lover of the sport of football. Like football means a lot to Derek. Yeah, Football means a lot to Dabo. Faith is very, very high in both their lives. I, I could see them kind of hitting it off whenever they – I guess Dabo's been to game. I mean, they just the Raiders have a lot of Clemson players, and they have over the years, right? Obviously, Cleveland, but remember they drafted Mullen in the second round. Hunter Renfro caught a walk-off national championship touchdown for Dabo. Dabo is a wide receiver. I bet his relationship with Hunter Renfro, especially given that Hunter was a walk-on, even a coach that's recruiting and signing five-star blue chippers, there is no doubt in my mind that Hunter Renfro is one of Dabo's favorite players of all time. Would you agree with that? <laughs> I would agree with that. So they have a close connection. And then Derek and Hunter have become close friends. So I don't think Dab it's the craziest was at thing. the game the other day. Yeah. Look, I think there's a legitimate conversation to have about college coaches coaching in the NFL, but not all of them are created equal. They're, they're individual people. Urban, let's not let Urban, as big of a failure as it was, and as many other college coaches as we could quickly point to and say they also failed, Urban was on the extreme end of failure. Urban's in the Bobby Petrino category of failure, right? Yeah, he didn't. Ur he didn't make it to week sixteen. Nick said, "You know what Nick Saban's record in two years in Miami was? Well, a year and a half, fifteen and seventeen or something." Yeah, Doug Marone. I, we, I think of as an NFL guy. Uh, he coached in college. Weird. Fifteen we and seventeen. The, you know, he's the line coach now for Alabama. Yeah, but he was also like the OC for the Saints. So he's—I don't know if he quite is the same. Bill O'Brien. 
was over 500 in Houston. Cliff is a college coach. Now he's a play caller. Obviously, Harbaugh was as good as it gets. Spurrier, not good, 12 and 20. Urban wasn't getting to 12 and 20, though. So I'm not saying it's not a legitimate conversation, but Urban is on the extreme end of the failure of spectrum of some of these guys. Who's and the I don't think you're right. Jimmy, you- Jimmy Johnson would be probably the best ever. Won multiple national championships. Yeah. I mean, multiple Super Bowls. Super Bowls. Uh, and was and and when you combine what a high level he was in, you know, Harbaugh obviously went to Super Bowl, high level at Michigan now. I think Harbaugh's, Harbaugh Harbaugh has to be one of the greatest transitions ever. I mean, he's done for both sure at a high level. But but uh, you know, part of his story is that yeah, it was like five, what 11, 12, 11, 12 13, four, four, four years. Four years. Yeah. Never so, lost. Never three of them were great record. with a capital G. But his low was eight and eight. Yeah. But Pretty it felt low. like give him another was, year and the low it was might trending be wrong. It was trending. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it was trending wrong. But so would you consider Dabo for the what, does what happened with Urban change anything about how you think about Dabo Sweeney and the Raiders? Uh, well, do you think Dabo? We I mean we just talked about it a little bit. Like, are, are they? I mean, Trevor Lawrence, him. What if he has options? Do you think or do you think the Jacksonville can't go down? Because in a weird way, Urban not as people. As I've been told by people that do the SEC, the difference between Dabo and Saban as they became a rival, Saban was a factory, Dabo was a family. Dabo is a positive guy. Not that Nick's not, but he's just, it's just tighter around there. It's a much more family atmosphere. Obviously, his two coordinators that just left, they stayed there for almost a decade. That is unheard of given that they won multiple national champions. Those guys were turning down jobs every year. It was a fun place to be. But like Urban... As a coach, he does not call plays. Never has. I mean, guy, he's a he's a CEO head coach at a in college. Like that's he's the CEO. So you would hire him with the Raiders. Say what you want about Gruden. Gruden did impact every game he ever coached for Mark Davis the second time around, right? Every single game he called plays. Every fucking one. So it's like you could be critical of him, like he didn't go for it or that was a dumb play, but like you could be specific. It wasn't about timeouts or game man. It was like the play calling was on him, which I like. I mean, you just can like, there's a tangible aspect there. Dabo would not, to me, that's the, say what you want about Chip Kelly. And this was the same thing when I was in Philly. Before Chip accepted the job, they tried to hire Bill O'Brien. Both those guys were going to call the plays. So it's like Dabo, you know, the Raiders... I actually think they got a lot of good guys. You know, I mean, most of their team, you know, pretty high-level dudes. Even, like, when you hear Waller and uh, Max Crosby, guys that overcame drug addiction and alcoholism, it's like, these would be the type guys I'd want. These are just, these are good guys. And then on top of Derek and the Renfros, do they really need, quote-unquote, culture? They just need a good coach. (laughs) They just need, they need more talent. They need a good drafter. And they need people scheming. That, to me, is what the Raiders are missing. Not like, their guys aren't getting to the office early enough. Like, that's not really their problem. I'm not anti-Dabo in the NFL, but he would not be my hire with the Raiders because of what you just said. I think they're close. You know, he, But, the way it, but a guy, it does feel like that. I think that conversation you watch, yeah, you and I are way fine. ahead. I think it's going to come up. I uh, It absolutely is. And I'm not anti interview. I bet he interviews. Well, Dabo, you know, if your down years are nine wins, like that was his down year this year at Clemson, then you're in fantastic shape. But, you know, a nine-win season for them is 
while a bad, while a good low, an outlier. He's won 10 or more games in 10 straight years. Now he's lost both his coordinators. The game has changed in a way that he doesn't love. And I do wonder, I think he's been there for 12 or 13 years. Or this is 14 years. He went 149 and 36. He was, I do, he, was an, he was an assistant for a couple years before, I think, Bobby Bowden's kid got fired, and then he was the interim, and then he was named the head right. coach. So counting the interim, he's been the coach 14 years, counting the interim year. So 13 that seems like season. a long time, doesn't it? It does. 08 was the interim year. Damn. So I w- my point is, I wonder, is Dabo ready to explore? And if he That's is, a long time. which job would he like? Well, it's also just, I, I, I know what you're going to say if I say, eh, is it about to fall apart at Clemson? Because I don't mean fall apart. You're going to say, look, nine wins. Are you kidding? But I do wonder if Clemson is about to take a step back just from utter dominance, a decade of utter dominance. Well, guy, you could argue his back-to-back quarterbacks, it's one of the greatest collegiate slash than, I mean, if Trevor Lawrence ever figures it out. Deshaun Watson is Trevor Lawrence for yeah. six years. How does it get any better than that? They won two national championships. They went to a third. Trevor Lawrence went to the playoffs every single year. Deshaun was in back-to-back. They won. They lost and they won, so they would have won three playoff games in two years and one being the national championship. I mean, it was one of the great five-year stretches in like collegiate history, right? Right. But obviously, if Saban's won, like Dabo has an argument of a five-year stretch against Herb, against anybody. It doesn't get any better than that. If they weren't ranked one, they were ranked like third or second. I mean, you know, it's a crazy run. It, it just doesn't get any better. It's as good as it gets. So he's been to the mountaintop. And then he realizes like no one fl- – would Alabama have taken? I guess they took Bryce. But like, could DJ have got into any school beside Alabama? Right? Would anyone have taken him? Yeah. And clearly, like, he just realizes they took the right guy, and just he might not be good enough. Now they can recoup. That's the one. I'm sure Alabama was recruiting him too. Guarantee. Yeah, but my yeah. thing is like, would they have taken both him and Bryce, or maybe Nick would have been like, well, the cream rise. Takes nine star receivers. So D- Dabo would not be my – I'm with you. I think it's a real conversation. He wouldn't be my first choice because, I, again, if they were two and – you know, if they were two-win team, the Raiders, I'd go, okay, let, let's take a big swing. But let's just get, get you somebody who can help your quarterback, who can run your offense, who can run – or your defense, I honestly don't care, and can run your operation just like that. Let's just let's – just, let's get to a regular NFL operation here. The Jags, you know, the the, the relationship with him and Trevor – but who's he's he gonna hireable given what they just happened to them? I he is a know. he is a nice guy. Who's his OC gonna be? That'd be my question. Well, you gotta give him a couple million bucks and you go sign one. I just want him to hire an NFL. I would like was he gonna hire an NFL OC? I great Doug P, uh, I guess Doug would be a head coach. There now there Doug, would him and Doug are buddies. See now Doug would be a guy that I think would make sense in Jacksonville. He or the Florida. Both of them would make sense for the Raiders. Uh, Excalibur says, what about Bill Walsh, college to pro? Versus Jimmy Johnson. But I think Bill Walsh, didn't the Niners hire him from Cincinnati, if I remember correctly? Had he not been at Stanford before that? I think he had, but had he was he that? Uh, okay, never mind. He was with the Bengals, 68 to 75. Then he went to the Chargers for a year. Then he became the head coach. For basically two years. So the Niners hired him from Stanford. 
But I don't know if like Stanford was that good when he was there. Well, I doubt they were. But doesn't I mean he was a college coach when they hired him? He, I mean he's that's hiring a college coach, right? Yeah, I mean it's, oh, he's he's not wrong. Bill Walsh, seventy seven, seventy eight. If you're looking at the uh, Stanford, I'll just, go, uh, I'll just go to his record. He was, uh, yeah. I mean he was uh, he was nine and three and eight and four is two years at Stanford. It's pretty damn good for anybody. They were standpoint. they were fifteenth and sixteenth. Uh, they were top fifteen team both years. That's he, oh. he was good. Actually, when he got back in ninety two, that John Lynch season, ten and three, ranked ninth in the country. Can you imagine? Can you imagine like what the papers were writing back in ninety two? Like Walsh retires from the Niners, goes to Stanford, goes ten and three, and he's ninth in the country. Like this isn't even fair. <laughs> It'd be like Belichick quitting for a couple years, then all of a sudden like Belichick just pops up Penn State. First year, they were like 11-2. and two. You're like, holy shit. Get ready. Incredible. <laughs> Belichick's going to be on a warpath. He had multiple 15-win seasons in the pros. <laughs> I guess just one. 15-1, and one, is that pretty good, your record? Yeah, 15-1's pretty good. Pretty good. All right, John, speaking of the Niners, the Niners play the Falcons on Sunday. Uh, these games, we mentioned it on the last podcast, these games have been weirdly close, even when the Falcons are not supposed to be any good including 2019, which was the almost Dan Buns, Dre Greenlaw stop at the goal line, except Julio got in. Jimmy Ward couldn't keep him out. And then, of course, uh, we remember the pick at the stick, which was a bad Falcons team who we thought, as we were standing right there on the field with with Chris Berman on our left and Jim Harbaugh wearing his cleats on our right, at least I thought for sure the Falcons were about to score a touchdown until Navarro Bowman appeared out of nowhere. And then all it took was cue boys to men. The party is on. Uh, but these games have been close. This is a nine-and-a-half-point spread. Does that make you uncomfortable? Really quick on that moment, Navarro Bowman. Yeah. I, I, I do believe, and part of it, I mean, we were on the field. I, I do think in all my life, it, I didn't. I haven't gone to that many pro games before. I probably got in radio involved with you, or I guess worked in the NFL. That's probably the coolest thing I've ever seen. Just given last night at Candlestick, the historic moments, how loud the place was, then boys, like, I mean, it was just... I think that's the coolest thing I've ever seen live. Just that that minute stretch of the pick, the eruption, the whole fucking thing. On the field, on the we were standing next to Chris Berman and Jim Harbaugh. Navarro Bowman was right in front of us. Like it just, I just, we'll probably never have that moment again. Like you can go to a game. Like I've gone seen Steph Curry do crazy shit, or you know a Giants World Series game. But I'm just sitting in the stands, or we were on the field. Now it was a regular season game, but. Doesn't didn't feel like one. That's about as cool as anything I've ever. A, a regular season game for a team that was like rolling. Monday Night Football. It was cool. Yeah. I mean, I, 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 not to try to be hyperbolic, but I do think it's the coolest thing I've ever experienced live. A play. Again, factoring in, we were standing there, which added to about made it fifty fold cooler. It was sweet. It was awesome. I, I just. To me, the line's too big. Uh, I do think the Niners win this game because unlike that year, just a couple years ago, it was a weird spot, right? Their record was really good. Falcons had nothing to play for. year that the Niners game we're talking about, the Bowman play, I do think you know, when you play a game like this on Monday night football, I don't give a shit what point in time in the year. Like 
anytime you play a Monday night football game and you're a good or bad, like I just expect the game to be competitive. You know, we see blowouts in Monday night football, but I think we've also seen a lot of shitty teams come to play. Like it's a big deal. It's just an easy one to know everyone's watching you. It's like anyone that played football at any level, like if you played in high school, if you play a team with like a couple guys going division one, it's easy to get up for the game. <laughs> you know, you're playing on Monday night football against a good team. Like you just give your best shot. But this does feel like they kind of got their mojo back. They've won five of the last seven games. They just have much better players than, than this team. And they clearly just match up very well and have the last couple of years against quarterbacks that can't run around. You know, I mean, they should, they should eat this old man alive. Even though it's weird, like he's, I'm more scared of him against the Niners than I would be Cousins, even though I think Cousins at this point in time is a better player. But it just feels like Matt Ryan's more likely to have like the best game of his season against the Niners. Does that make sense? Uh, yes, but why? Because just he's feel, just a better just, pass. He's just a more. I've experienced I've, it twice. Yeah, I've I know. just seen it. <laughs> well, let me ask you this: If you're the Atlanta Falcons, you're six and seven. Washington is the seventh seed right now, and they have the same record. So don't you view this game like a must-win game? Like you still think you're a playoff team? We talk about Atlanta, and I don't, I don't have a problem with this, but we talk about Atlanta like they're, you know, someone five DM'd, and eight. Someone DM'd. I don't know if it was me and you or just me. Now it's very unlikely, but if like the Eagles, the Washington, the Vikings, and all these other teams get, they're all nine and eight. You know how the, like that the tiebreaker come in when there's four or five teams. The Niners yeah. are kind of fucked because of like a certain conference record. Now, but that conference record is going to change as time goes on, probably. And it's very, very unlikely. I think it was like the Saints and the Eagles. Like, are they going three and one over four game stretch? Probably not. And the Niners would have to go two and two. So it's it's an unlikely scenario. But I I he just broke it down that I I think someone wrote an article that it would be very unfriendly to the 49ers. They got like a four way tiebreaker against four or five teams. So like you said, I mean, it's just very incumbent on them. Like you don't need to be associated with these teams, right? You already are the lead horse in this race. You win this game. You basically just got to win one of the next two, and then you're in pretty good shape going into that Week 17 game against the Rams, which might have nothing to play for. Yeah, I, I, you do set. I think the val, one of the values here is you just kind of separate yourself a little bit. You move yourself further away from that eight spot by getting two games over 500. You now you're a heavy underdog the following week, that short week against Titans. Heavy? No. Well, I say heavy. Like if the Niners win this week. In the, let's say the Titans beat the Steelers. What what would you guess? I mean, Thursday night road that that accounts for a lot. Uh, four and a half. Yeah. What do you think? You think bigger? Yeah, I, mean, I could see like Tannehill or someone getting Omicron, and then all of a sudden it's like a big them. Yeah, it well, feels yeah three four. Oh, that you know it's a great point though. Like you're kidding, but like the games that you have healthy now, you gotta win them if you're supposed have to win to. them. Because you yeah. cannot assume next week our quarterback's going to be here or Kittle's going to be here or Bosa's going to be here. Yet you cannot pencil anybody. And now, is Kittle going to go? I wonder, I wonder, does Kittle, like Kyle Pitts come into the league? Kittle, pro tight end, loves all tight ends. But does he want to kind of say, like, you know, I'm I'm the big dog here. 12 for 182 and two touchdowns two weeks ago. 15, 151 and a touchdown the last. I don't know. Kittle just... Kittle kicks everyone's ass regardless of who's on the other side. I don't really I don't know, know who on the wonder. Niners covers Kyle Pitts. Not that well, I mean, he can only do so much, but who covers him? Fred Warner, maybe? Jimmy Ward is a bad physical matchup. He's short. 
Yeah. That was big. Just got to get after the quarterback. That's the thing. Is covering Kyle Pitts is actually about getting to Matt Ryan. Yeah. So I'm with you. These games, they're, Atlanta's not as bad as I think sometimes I think about them. I, but I think they kind of are. Um, should the Niners beat somebody by nine and a half? They'll be up by 10 in this game at some point in time, San Francisco. The Fact. question is, does it, does it close that way? I wouldn't, I'm not saying bet on it, but to me, they are absolutely 10 points better than Atlanta. I don't have well, any the, doubt about that. Does Hightower have a Cordell Pat- Patterson touchdown written all over? Because Patterson has counted for like 75 touchdowns this year, and it feels like if you tell me you look up and it's a kickoff or a punt and all of a sudden Patterson's flying and no one's around him and we're screaming Hightower, I can see that coming. Hey, Hightower, let's let's keep an eye on 84 for the love of God. Hey, buddy. You know, I know you may only be employed by the Niners for another five weeks, and I'm not rooting for anyone to get fired, just demoted, and Piscaccia might be the next guy, but let's not have a special teams fuck up. Because that, that is the way you lose to a team that's worse than you, right? All of a sudden, they get a free kick return by Patterson, and then it's instead to of me, that's 14, the only it's way. 14-7. That's the only way this or game Or Jimmy throws comes, a pick six. You're at risk. Well, okay, that's not the only way then. You're right. I take it back. There's multiple ways. Jimmy tried but, last week. He... Uh, Oh, Bates dropped it. I know. Hit him I, I, just, I just don't think Atlanta's is as good as their record. And you're right. They've had some scares before. They don't belong in this game. There's a picture of uh, from Javier Vega on Twitter of Rich in Niners garb. Um, Ali says, I believe the Falcons are number 32 in DVOA. Rebel says, Atlanta's a line banged up. I believe they have a backup center right guard going up against DJ Jones and Eric Armstead. Uh, I have to disagree. I think the Niners match up pretty damn well against the Falcons. I I agree with that. I think your point was just who defends Pitts was your question. They were they were a ten point favorite two years ago and lost. So that's it. it it's different circumstances, but again, line very similar. I just December games. The Niners are good enough to take anyone lightly, right? You you're not you're not eleven and two here. Right, you're seven and six, so it's no like you know we're just way better. Like you, you better approach this fucking thing like you're playing the Patriots. But I just I don't know. Maybe something about the colors. Maybe something about the brand. I expect this game to be closer. I have a hard time seeing the Niners blow them out. I hope I'm wrong, but I don't know. Falcons are just weird. I'm with you. I don't. I I don't view them as good. <laughs> I don't. Matt Ryan. I wouldn't want as my my uh, my quarterback. He had 13. God, Julio had a big day. They both Look at Kittle. Jesus. They each had 13 for 134 and combined for 37 targets. I'd throw it to those two guys a lot, too. <laughs> so well, I guess the Niners, the Niners might play Julio, depending on his health, in two weeks. Yeah. Less than that. Shit, a week from recording this today. By the way, for reference, we like to bring this back whenever we can. There we are, John, the pick of the stick. Do you know what's cool about candlestick? And maybe this used to be an old NFL rule, but they would let you on the field five minutes before the game ended, so you get down there the last five minutes. Obviously, if the game was sucked, it didn't matter, but in a moment like that, hell, you might even get an overtime. You know the Raiders at O.co did not, that you were not allowed on the field until the game oh, ended? I thought that was just an NFL league-wide thing. Either you were or you weren't. No, I just remember the Raiders. It was a no-go. As the as the host of Raiders post game live, you tried to go down there. I don't know. I I never did, but I just remember you couldn't. Not that I would have. 
here's the other thing about this week that makes this week great, John. We've got Saturday NFL. We've got Raiders, speaking of the Raiders, Raiders Browns on Saturday. And then what I mean feels in this moment every week it's like, oh, this is the game of the year. This is one of the great games, at least anticipatory for me, of the year. Saturday night, Colts, Patriots, legendary rivalry. Colts got to feel – I mean, it, it was for 20 years. This was one of the biggest games in the league. Why are you laughing at me? Well, well if you remember, Grixon turned them in for a deflate game. Remember they kept the ball and he turned them in. Like the, the rivalry tr- went from Brady Manning – to Brady Luck, like they they had some big games. They, I mean, they had a p- big playoff game. Yeah, and they turned them in for fucking Deflate Gate. And then Tom, once they changed the footballs, I think they outscored them like thirty nothing in the second half. Uh, and Belichick gave one of the great press conferences ever, like two days later. <laughs> on top of that, this is not on that level. But Josh McDaniels was going to be the jo- the head coach of the Colts, and then just left him at the altar at the last minute. It got him Uber flus. But you know, that's a little something there. The Patriots have won seven straight games. They started one and three. They've won eight of nine since then. They are rolling. Absolutely well, I, rolling. I bet Indy, if I went to them, they started I think they started. Uh, historically slow starting. Year. They started they started one and four. They've won one, two, three, four, five, six. They've won six of their last eight with a mm. you know a tight loss to the Bucks two weeks ago. They're coming off a bye. I I like Indy in this spot. I was thinking about them for lock of the week, but it went a little like lock of the week against Belichick seems a little nuts, especially coming off a bye. Even though this does feel like a moment. Like if you're a playoff team at home, you just win this game. Is Mac Jones? You're not going to be able to run wild like you did on the Bills. Like the the Colts' run defense is good. I mean, they have a good front seven. Can Mac Jones beat you on the road against a playoff team where he has to throw 30 times a game? Is he is he eventually going to throw a pick six in a big spot? I mean, it happens to Tom Brady. It's not going to happen to this kid. Right. He's well, had a pretty also, charmed rookie season. Also, unlike Buffalo, Indianapolis likes running the football. Brian Dayball uh, hates running backs. Frank Reich does not. Jonathan Taylor is leading the NFL in yards. And... By a wide margin, he is basically 300 yards ahead of second place. He's having a he's going to rush for like years. Could he get to 1800 yards? Uh, he's at 1400 basically right now. Yeah, 1450. He's got 16 touchdowns. He's 5.6 yards per carry. 5.6, which you know, it's not Raheem Mostert who's 10 yards a carry, but it's a lot at 5.6. Do you know he's sneaky? He has 36 catches also and two touchdowns. He has 18 wow. touchdowns on the season. Wow. Could he get to 25? Remember it was a big deal when like LT and some of those guys used to get like 20-plus? Yeah. Now the extra game, but you get to 20 touchdowns in a season rushing and pat- and receiving. That's a, that's a pretty historic – I'm no long-term fantasy player, but if you drafted Jonathan Taylor this year in fantasy, he's been producing for you. Do you want to guess the top four players in the NFL in rushing attempts this year? I would go Henry, even though he's missed games. Uh, he's fourth. Jonathan Taylor. Second. I would go Leonard Fournette. No, he's 10th. Uh, Dalvin Cook. He's sixth, close. 
Mm. Two guys you like. Nick Chubb? No, uh, you like a lot of guys. Najee Harris and Joe Mixon. But the point is Derrick Henry's fourth. You nailed that. That's the point of that exercise. Uh, even though you missed my Raheem Mostert is 10 yards per carry joke. That's okay. Um, yeah, man, I it's a you to me. Yeah, I, I haven't seen Raheem Mostert in 17 years, it feels like. That's why he's 10 yards per carry. Uh, bigger game for Mac Jones or Carson Wentz. I think that's kind of what this – there's playoff implications, no doubt. But, like, to me – there's probably more to lose for Carson. There's a lot to gain for Mac, but there's a lot to gain here for Carson. Like the question for Carson is, can you, here we go. I don't, can Mac even lose anything if he has a bad game and people would be like, he's a rookie. He's like on the road. Shit happens. The question with Carson was never, can you flash the cars? The question with Carson is, can you consistently play really good football and can you win playoff level games? Do you know that Carson right now is 22 and five? That's incredible. Good for them. 22 and 5. Are you willing to say this the trade has already worked for them or is the, the jury still out? I think it 100% has because if I told Chris Ballard at the beginning of the season, Philip Rivers is going to retire. And he was, let's face it, a better version of Big Ben. Is that a fair way to describe him? What Big Ben is kind of this year, Rivers was a better version of that, but he was not what he was like five or six years ago. He was holding on for his still being a good NFL player. He was still a good player, but it was. He just wasn't the same. Carson is physically more gifted. He has less picks. Remember, Phillip threw a bunch of picks last year. And, like, you're going to have him. Like, he's under contract for a while. So you just have this guy that your head coach likes. It kind of fixes your spot. And you're going to make the playoffs more than likely, especially if you win. He's got to play well. You did make this trade for a game like this. right? you got to play well this game. But if he does, I think you'll gladly give the Eagles pick 24 I mean, it kept you not just relevant, but they're going to be, I think they'll be a sexy underdog pick depending on who they play wildcard weekend. Also, time is money. And now you're not spending time finding another quarterback. And that is such an exhausting thing to spend time on. Oh, it's I mean, like Ron imagine- Rivera says he gets a breakdown every Monday. Can you imagine? Like, okay, what do you tell me about Matt Corral? It's like building a house, and the last piece you need is like the, the what's it called? The middle of the arch, that centerpiece, the... The linchpin, yeah. right? It's like the strongest part of the arch. You can't. And you're just it. flying all over the. Oh no, we can't move in yet. We got to go to Italy to look for a piece. No, we're going. We're going to Constantinople. We got to look for something in Turkey. Oh, we're going over here. We're going over there, right? It's like you spend all your time. It doesn't matter how well the rest of it is built. You're looking for the one piece that you know can put you over the top. Everything else you do is a waste of time, basically. Like, yeah, we're going to see if we can put it together and beat Belichick today, but we don't have a quarterback. So what's the point? You think the Niners? If they flip-flopped Carson Wentz and Jimmy Garoppolo, are the Niners better? Is he 22-5? and Because if he is, the answer is yes. Butcherbox.com slash ham and another special deal. Free for a year, you get salmon, chicken breast, or steak tips in every order for a year, plus an additional 20 bucks off right now at Butcherbox.com slash ham. Been telling you about it for years. Been eating it. Four years on a regular basis. Easily find high-quality meat and seafood. You can trust 100% grass-fed beef, free-range organic chicken, pork-raised, crate-free, and wild-caught seafood. Always be prepared with meat in the freezer when you get ButcherBox.com ham delivered right to your doorstep with free shipping. ButcherBox is offering you 
free for a year plus an additional 20 bucks off either salmon, chicken breast, or steak tips in every order for free. Sign up today at butcherbox.com slash ham and use the code ham to choose your free offer for a year plus get $20 off your first order. What's up, everybody? It's your old friend, John Middlecoff. I'm here to tell you about our friends at Game Time. Here's what I need you to do. Go to your smartphone, download a little app called Game Time. Baseball season's in full swing. Oracle Park. Been there a million times. Never doesn't live up to the hype. Go get yourself some garlic fries, a brewski, maybe uh, some ice cream. They have very good Ghirardelli ice cream there. And when you do that, promo code HAM. So download the Game Time app. Your first pair of tickets, promo code HAM, H-A-M, save $20. The A's, only going to be in the Bay Area for the rest of this season. You probably can basically go for free. Just buy a pair of tickets to any baseball game. They also have comedy shows if you want to check one of those out, or concerts. Game time app, promo code HAM. Save yourself $20. We don't even need to thank you. Just hammer that promo code. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Yeah, if you're 22 and 5. The answer is hell yes. Good. Again, he can throw the ball down the field. Like, my whole thing with Jimmy distills down to we, we talk about injuries. I think it's a, whatever. He misses throws high. What, to me, the number one thing with Garoppolo is that it's imagine being a basketball team that doesn't shoot three pointers. Like, that's what it's like. Where you cannot, if you're down 15 points in the fourth quarter of a basketball game, if you can't shoot threes and every single one of your baskets has to come off like three back cuts and a beautifully executed pass and layup, then it's going to be really hard. It's just, it it takes a lot of energy as opposed to, you know what? Let your quarterback cook. Just let a guy hit a few shots. Let Steph hit. He's 22 and five, Jimmy 17 and eight. That's 30 extra points, right? not including extra points, but just that's five extra touchdowns and four more picks. That's a pretty big swing, especially for the Niners, who last time I checked, lost a lot of one-score games. I mean, just, and clearly, I mean, you can't just do – you can't do that with quarterbacks in a vacuum, but Carson Wentz is a better player than Jimmy Garoppolo. He's just a more explosive player. Their offense would be – they would be taking some more deep shots. It'd just be different. Yeah, I mean, I, you know, it's funny because I think part of what Jimmy does, for the most part, is he – he makes the he makes the proper decisions, which is an incredibly valuable part. I mean, it's it, it doesn't matter what level of skill you have if you don't make the right decisions, right? 
Carson has one rushing touchdown. Feels like Jimmy definitely has at least a couple. Someone said, what about rushing? That's fair. Jimmy, so Carson has one more touchdown on the ground. Old Jimmy has three. So I got to give him, he's got two more rushing touchdowns. But those are, I mean, quarterback sneaks. And I think the, I forget the game, but he definitely had a zone read where he kept it and went in a nice little slam. Remember that? I need some, yeah. I need some air yard. That's right. That's right. I need some air yards because Jimmy's eight, four, and Wentz is seven in average yards per attempt. So I would say that Jimmy, now Kittle's been banged up. He missed a couple games. I guess Debo missed a game, but. Obviously, Jonathan Taylor's better than all the Niners running backs, and Elijah Mitchell's good, but the Niners skill guys. I mean, when Debo and Ayuk are both on the field with Kittle, it's dramatically better than what Carson's dealing with. Like Jimmy, Mo, I'm sorry, Mo Alley Cox. Jimmy and uh, Carson are almost identical in air yards per pass attempt. Seven point six for Garoppolo, seven point five for Wentz, and seven point six for Kirk. I mean, maybe they're making him play a certain. You know, Frank's make it has him play in a certain way. But you can also you do have in your back pocket the ability. The one thing Carson does do have the times I watch him, he does some crazy shit. He's gotten away with it. He's throwing he's he throwing play, a few balls that should he have plays been more hero. I mean, J- Jimmy doesn't really play hero ball, does he? I wouldn't I wouldn't consider it hero. hero no, ball. he I makes terrible so. throws, but I don't think so. I I think you I think you. Yeah, I mean, I think you would try that. I don't know if you would have said that at the beginning of the year, watching Carson play this way now. But I think part of the question with Carson is, like, can you get this for two or three or four or five or six years, right? Like, that's part of it. And that's where Saturday night, you know, one thing Bill one thing Bill was great at specifically was making Peyton Manning's life hell. Because Peyton loved the audible and they loved to trick Peyton. Because Peyton would do it all himself. They Peyton also think Bill Polian freaked he, out about they, they jammed all the receivers too. So they threw him off his timing. They knew how to frustrate him. So this is a hell of a test for Carson. Obviously. That's not a I was going to say just, Carson love Bill in the Super Bowl, but that was Nick Foles. I mean, Carson does have that over him. Yeah, Super Bowl champ. Kind of. If you're Carson, you wear that ring or is it kind of weird? Some people might wear that ring. Feels like for him it's weird. I'd probably be more likely. I'd just, I'm just going to check my bank account and put the ring away. I'm more of a bank account checker than I am a ring wear. Yeah, yeah. You, you keep the ring in a safe safe deposit yeah. box or something? You keep it in yeah, the house? I just, I just keep telling myself $150 million, $150 million. That's what they paid me to be the starting quarterback on the Super Bowl team. He yeah. was just a backup. Making I have so much money. Amount. I don't care about Grubhub's fees. Don't I can order delivery shit. every day. Yeah. That's a level of wealth that I think there's a cut line there of like, are you so rich that you don't care about delivery fees on food? Okay, if you order something, here's a question. You're you're married, so you have to order for two people. So let's just pick the number fifty dollars. You're gonna get a delivery of fifty dollars. With the fees and everything, like the two meals, like twenty five dollars each, whatever it is. Okay. So with the fees, then it goes to sixty, and you already feel like then you're getting screwed, right? You're like, this is insane. Then the tip option. You, do you justify in your head? You're like, I'm already giving this guy money. Or do you then just throw in, you know, the 10%, you go like $10 on top of that, or you just go like one or two? Well, you know what's funny is... I go pre, back and forth. Sometimes I feel like a dick. And I'm just like, I'm just giving this guy $1. Pre-delivery uh, services, when somebody delivered food to you, you never tip 20% on the value of the food on a delivery tip, right? Never. 
You're talking like Chinese or something like in the yeah, 90s? or even like so they just your pizza gets delivered to you, right? And you bought two pizzas and they were forty bucks. Would you tip eight dollars? Maybe I, I mean you'd get, be a good tipper, but I didn't give the kid a couple bucks. You know, Usually, yeah. Bucks. Now the world has changed, probably. Right? Inflation, yeah, nine percent. Like two dollars. There did reach a point several years ago. I'm like handing two ones over. I'm like, all right, let's, let's go with a five. But it was never dependent on how much food I ordered. If I ordered one sandwich or if I ordered four pizzas, it was five dollars, right? Should the now you go well? I mean, if you're carrying, if I'm carrying multiple, if I'm carrying a bunch of food from a car, I got to double park it somewhere and whatever. Like that is more the more food, the more work. So maybe you could justify it being more food. I, I got no problem with that or more tip. I got no problem with that. But yeah, the fees, I have canceled orders and gotten in my car because I've been so pissed at the fees. Like, wait Same. a second. Well, hold on. Two salads is going to cost me like $65. It's outrageous. GTFHO. No. Well, I had the thought and I've been watching... I've watched Seinfeld consistently for the first time, like every episode, and obviously Curb. So your mind just kind of starts working like Larry, George, and Jerry, right? You just It's weird how that happens when you watch. Yeah. I'm driving earlier this week, or maybe it was, it was last week, to go get In-N-Out. And to get In-N-Out in, uh, in, I guess it's in Concord or Pleasant Hill. I think it's Concord. And I'm driving, you got to go this route where you can't just pull off and go there. You have to kind of go under an underpass and then around this car dealership. And there's always these bums on this one stretch. And the bums have the, you know, the, the, the sign up. And I'm thinking to myself, like, we're not in the world of like everything's crypto or whatever, but I think more people in 2021, and it's probably going to only get worse and worse, are going to carry ca- less cash on them consistently, whether you have it or not. Does it make sense for the bum? Like, listen, I'm lucky enough. I'm have some money, but QR I, code? I, I rarely carry cash with me. Rarely. QR code if, is what you're suggesting, or, or just like your Venmo. Venmo. What if it was just my Venmo at you know Billy J or whatever? Yeah. Yeah. I might be more like the guys putting this up. I feel bad. I want to start screaming at him like I'm Larry David. Like I don't have any money. I do I not saw, have any cash. Not I saw somebody. But I don't have any on me. I saw somebody hand through the window yesterday what looked to either be a burrito wrapped in foil. Or like a sub, you know, when you you make a sandwich at home and it's like wrapped in foil, you yeah, know, like, like what your parents do for you, like yeah, yeah, when you're yeah. fifth grade. They handed one of those sandwiches, like a hoagie roll wrapped in foil, out the window. I was like, that was very nice. Jesse on the stream says, "I drive Grubhub. When people tip a very small amount on an expensive order, the people at Grubhub come through and level out the low tip." My question is just what what would uh, to Jesse or anybody else that drives like? How do you guys view those tips? Is 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 five on fifty small for delivery? Well, five dollars on a fifty dollar order. I think what part of the thing that drives me nuts about Grubhub, Uber Eats, whatever, DoorDash, is that when you do get angry and you're like, "Shit, I'm gonna drive and go to Jack's Urban Eats and pick up my own order," and then you get there, and the same order you had online, you realize the individual salads are upcharged on the app. You're like, well, so when I buy the salad from you, it's $16, yet on the app, it's nineteen fifty. Yeah, do you know why? Because it, it costs the restaurant money to use those delivery services. That's why Domino's is is running those ads right now that says, you know, order directly from your local restaurant. Because those delivery services. But Domino's would, because you're a pizza place, you have a delivery guy. The average, like Jack's Urban Eats, is not going to have a delivery guy, right? Right. But the, have you seen, you know what ad I'm talking about? Yeah, no, I, you're right. I do. That's a good point. I, I don't, I, I just kind of zone out when ads happen now, but I hear you. But I mean, 
that that's the other thing that drives me nuts where I, I'm less likely to go tip. And like you said, I, I don't, it's not like it's, I have a the restaurant who's suffer. getting paid. Yeah. The restaurants get fucked. The restaurants are yet. Getting, yet and, I'm and paying more money for the same item than I would if I would have drove there and walked in. I, I don't think there's anything in, in commerce that pisses me off more than the little note at the bottom of DoorDash or Grubhub that says, these fees help us operate. It's like, well, no shit. You're not a charity, but just why are there three? You got the one fee and then you got the second fee that helps you operate. I know. Listen, I despise Elizabeth Warren. I despise, but I read this thing the other day. It's like all these companies, they got bailed out during COVID. They got flush cash. And if you talk to anyone in any successful company, they tell you, well, you know, the 2010s, if you were already running, you know, whatever business you were in, for most people was very, very lucrative. So people were doing very well. And well-run companies, they keep cash on the side. So they were flush with cash. But when COVID hit, they all got the PPEs. There's a reason why. I, I don't fault the Lakers. Like, the rules are the rules. Now, they got the PR and they gave the money back. But the rules, they fell under the umbrella. They clearly have hundreds of millions probably in a, an account. But they did it. And, and a lot of companies did well, they've all, you know, the inflation part of it, I mean, there are a lot of different factors, but a lot of companies have just raised the prices because they could. They, they're never going back. I mean, certain things like commodities, like wood goes up and down, but like the price of a cheeseburger, right. once the restaurant goes, oh, I can go from 15 to 17.89 or $18 to $21, it never comes back down. No. So it just. That's one thing that I read. I don't trust anybody. That's one thing that I think I, I'd read. One of the effects usually on inflation early on is that when inflation raises prices to some things, other things that don't necessarily aren't necessarily directly their costs have not yet directly been involved. They go, well, you know what? It's coming. Prices are going up everywhere. We got to raise our prices, too, even though their their meat hasn't gotten more expensive, whatever. Their cheese hasn't gotten more expensive, um, that it does create that effect. and. Whatever. It's weird though, like part of doing business, right? You and I have now been in business on our own for years and you know, you just, you raise prices. Now it doesn't, we don't have a consumer, right? But I mean, just the people you do business with, that's just a natural progression. It just gets very complicated. You just, and I think the thing with inflation, you do see it directly with food because like you have to eat, right? If like if shoes or just random items go up like i don't have to buy those like i do have to buy food whether i'm going to order food whether i'm going to go to the store because i notice when i go to safeway like damn a couple times at safeway i've gone are you go to to trader joe's it's cheaper than safeway i just i'm uncomfortable it's It's small common it's an uncommon opponent i've gone in there a couple times i don't don't feel very comfortable in there it's i feel like the people that go to trader joe's it's like they're, it's like divisional opponents. They feel very, very comfortable in there. I've gone there a couple times in my life, and I feel very just like I, I'm out of my element. I don't know what to do. I, I get uh, uncomfortable I with the items. I understand. I, I I understand. The names are weird. It just because it's me just off. made up. It's just na- It's just their brand of. Every- I'm just telling you the the prices will shock you on some of their stuff. You'd be like a dollar. You'd be like a dollar. There's one right down the street from me. You'd be like you'd be like one right down the street. Two fifteen for a loaf of bread. Hell yeah. Maybe I've been missing out. I'm just give it a shot. They got a lot of good prepared stuff, right? So you get a prepared salad, a prepared like a little wrap. Do the Haber are you are the Habermans like loyal Trader Joe's people? Yeah, most most of the shopping gets done there. It's cheaper and it's smaller. It is smaller, yeah. Which it's I smaller. like. That's good. 
anyway, Safeway's screwing me. I mean, yeah, I, I, I'm not going to stay loyal to them. I'm, I'm going to try Trader Joe's in the next week. Didn't remember uh, the girl. Was she in Danville that was pissed off that they were calling him like, uh, remember the Mexican name, like Jose's uh, Tamales and, you know, the Asian, because they had oh, specific names. They do that on all the, yeah, yeah, yeah. They're Mexican. And, then, like, and then the little rich chick down at uh, Blackhawk was pissed off. And then Trader Joe's kind of gave in. And then they realized, no, we're not changing the name. And I don't think they did change the names. I, right? don't, remember, I don't remember what happened. <laughs> it's just a, lot of a good, high school student at Danville made a big deal about it. Oh, she oh. went viral. A lot of good ice remember cream that, selection. You remember that story? Vaguely, yeah. I don't remember what exactly. I don't remember what happened, but I do remember that story. Good ice cream selections. I try to stay away from that in the store because okay. I right. bring it all. That's, that's good. You can get, they got the, well, anyway, we can offline the rest of this. All right. Thanks for hanging with us, everybody. Uh, enjoy the weekend of football. It starts Friday. Uh, our guy, Jonathan Smith, coaching at SoFi. We had a college football game at SoFi Stadium on Saturday. Utah State, Oregon State, by the way. Jimmy Kimmel Bowl. Jimmy Kimmel, Jimmy Kimmel LA Bowl. That's right. That's a pretty cool bowl for Oregon State just to go to LA, play at SoFi. Yeah, that's awesome. Shouldn't SoFi start hosting some of these neutral site California games? To me, the, the, like uh, we were talking before we started, Georgia and Oregon are playing in Atlanta at Mercedes Benz Dome. Oregon shouldn't agree to that game ever again in the future. Now, you want to play it at Jerry World? Okay. But you say, no, no, no. Look, we'll we'll play that game in Vegas. We'll play that game at SoFi. We'll play that game in Phoenix. We're not coming to Atlanta to play Georgia ever would, again. Would Georgia do USC at SoFi? No chance, right? Why? I mean, everyone's going to play Georgia and Atlanta. If you're Georgia, it gets you into L.A. So, yeah, you should go. Go play a game in L.A. Why not? No. Why, why don't the fucking Pac-12 do some of these neutral site games in L.A. and, and Vegas? Yeah, they they, they they didn't say no to some of the... Uh, you, again, go play Jerry World, fine. But say no to Atlanta from here on out. Or you get a... I scratch my back, you rub mine too. Yeah, right? you call it like a home-and-home, home, but it, you know it's a one-for-one. One. We'll play your game in Atlanta. You can play our game in Vegas or SoFi. Yeah. SC should start playing some games with SoFi. Not a bad idea. I think that'd be pretty sweet. But again, now, they did, they did games, spend a lot I, I mean, of money, Ohio State or whatever. Yeah, they spent a lot of money in the college to like update the Coliseum. But I actually, did you watch the Kanye Drake uh, concert on you know, Amazon Prime? I, I didn't even know what was happening until I saw people tweeting, and I'm like, this thing, this is, are these guys on a planet? This is incredible. This stage yeah. is like nothing I've ever seen before, and I actually can't really even see it. What the hell's going on? Well, a couple I watched for like an hour. And some of the shots in the back, I'm like, where are they? Because there were just a, a shot of like these sweet um, boxes, and they were at the Coliseum, right? And they've added. Oh, I didn't realize that. Yeah, they were at the Coliseum, and it looked way sweeter than it used to. Yeah, they've 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 upgraded it. So, all right. On that note, everybody, thanks for hanging with us. New, uh, don't forget our mailbag is coming out uh, on Saturday, as it always does. Please go get in the mailbag. By leaving us a review on iTunes, tell us your favorite bar to hang out and ask us a question, any question at all. We're always appreciative of, the, appreciative of your involvement and participation. We give, out, we give out participation trophies here on the show. We do. All right. Adios, Pelota. Later. Later.
Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org.